When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. One, two, three. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami. With Rami. Football. Yo, yo. Hour two of day one of Mackie and Judd with Rami. On day one of the all-new Score North on 1500 and scorenorth.com. That's S-K-O-R. And you can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook at Score North. We are, I mean, we go back and listen to the top of the 4 o'clock hour just to hear more. And you can go and uh, and check out the Score North Twitter account to see a couple videos. It, just lengthier explanations of what we're doing, but... The answer is pretty simple in uh, terms of 30,000-foot view. We just want to entertain and reach more of you Minnesota sports fans than traditional ways might allow us to. And so we're going to be a lot more diligent about digital delivery of content, which sounds like such a corporate-speak thing to say, but that's really like... <laughs> it's also that's, a tongue twister. Yeah, <laughs> podcast. Digital delivery. Of, okay. <laughs> There's got to be a cooler way to say that. There has to be. There, there has to be. a nerdy suit-like thing that I just said. <laughs> uh, but I want to run something by you guys, Rami and Judd, uh, about Kirk Cousins here. I think Kirk Cousins is Brian Dozier. If you look at Kirk Cousins' numbers, let's just take his numbers this year, just his fantasy numbers, okay? Okay. You look at his numbers and you say, wow, just in a vacuum on paper, 70% completions this year. That's insane. Sam Bradford set the record as a Viking. Drew Brees, I think, broke it. But 70% completions flirts with the all-time accuracy record in terms of completion percentage. 4,300 yards passing, which is it's not a huge, huge number, but it's an above-average big number. 30 touchdowns thrown, only 10 interceptions for Kirk Cousins, and a passer rating of just about 100 on the nose. You look at that and say, Phew, It's a solid season. It's a rock-solid mm-hmm. season, right? Just like you look at Brian Dozier's numbers year after year after year. Last year was a bit of a downer, and then he got traded and was injured. Oh, that dude, it's 30 home runs, 40 home runs, drives in a bunch, steals bases, scores runs. But something just doesn't really equate the team. You know, the team doesn't seem to really ride his coattails. And and I think both guys are very similar in that if you just look at the numbers at the end of the year, just the back of the baseball card numbers, you say, yeah, all right, yeah. Give him some money. You know, put him in the middle of the order. Kirk Cousins, give him a three-year guarantee contract. But the problem is Kirk Cousins doesn't deliver late in games. He doesn't deliver in prime time. He doesn't deliver against winning teams. Brian Dozier hits a lot of solo home runs. Yes. Goes dark for two or three months at a time. I think they're both very similar in that they're going to give you non-crunch time great performances. And their end-of-the-season numbers look amazing. 
But the whole thing, when put into context, is kind of it's just a little bit more hollow than you would have hoped. And beyond the uh, statistical comparisons, which I love, the personality comparisons are perfect. Both are like I'm a take charge guy. They they, they both are the type, type of guy who walk into a room and say. I'm the guy here. And you're like, dude, that's not how this works. You are the guy here. If I decide, if if you take control, that's great. But you can't decide that you're going to take control. And so, yeah, I think that's perfect. And I think that in both, in both cases, and this is where I have hope for cousins. I think if somebody smarter than them comes along and says, okay, you do have ability and I can prop you up. I can make you better through coaching, through play calling, through basically making you a puppet to through what I want. And because both of those guys, if they start to get some control, think to themselves, I'm the man. And Kirk Cousins and Dozier in their lives will never be the man. They can contribute. They can be a part of something special. But the second that they pull away and think, I'm the captain here, you've lost it. But I also think that it's it's a fair comparison in that, in my opinion, it's not fair to, to point at Brian Dozier or to point at Kirk Cousins and say, you're the reason why your team didn't win a championship, why your team isn't isn't a contender because and especially in baseball. Analytics has determined that if if you're a 300 hitter and you hit 30 to 40 home runs, there there really isn't any such thing as clutch. Those those hits that add up to the 300 average and those home runs that that add up to 30 or 40 home runs are going to happen when they happen. What happens around it and what puts that what 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 places more importance on those home runs? What places more importance on those hits is what the guys around you are doing. So when Brian Dozier puts together a season like that, he should be commended for putting together a season like that. And people should point to him and say, he's one of the guys who's doing what he needs to do for this team to contend. It's the guys around him who aren't doing the things that they need to do to contend. And like I was just talking about in the last segment, I, I really think you can say the same thing in large part about Kirk Cousins. I think that they expected the defense to be all-world, to carry them, and for Kirk Cousins to come in and not be a game manager, not be great, but be good and 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 put up the type of numbers that Phil just read off. And he did just that, yet because of the high profile that the quarterback position carries, he's the first person people, and because of the price tag on him, he's the first person people are going to point at and say, you're the reason. Well, I think so. To, to parse this even more, if, if we're going down the path of to what degree was or wasn't he a figurehead reason for why the Vikings underachieved this year? I think it's about, well, how much are you putting on him? Because if you look, and that's that's some of it in Green Bay, where where I know you've talked Packers for much of the last, well, 12 years mm-hmm. over uh, on the fan in Milwaukee, and we've pulled some amazing, amazing yeah, we'd like segments. To thank you very much Palmer for doing station. that show. No problem, yeah. guys. Yeah, yeah. no Packer problem. Packer line is one of our favorite segments on this yeah, thought I got away from that anthem. Packer fans put ninety percent. Well, I'll, I'll st- take a step back. The Packers put ninety percent of the workload on Aaron Rodgers. They sure. don't. They don't. They don't sign big free agents. They whiff on some draft picks, and they don't get him big time defensive players. And so, if he's even slightly less than Hall of Fame caliber, people rip him. Um, I think this is actually a good transition into Gary Kubiak. I think the Vikings, when they look at Kirk Cousins, they say, okay. Um, not going to put Aaron Rodgers' workload on you going forward because we kind of tried that for the first part of the season. Enter Gary Kubiak as the, let's call him the offensive head coach for the Minnesota Vikings over Kevin Stefanski now. And uh, and his 22 years as either an offensive coordinator or head coach in the NFL, going back to 1995 Denver Broncos, okay? I'm going to give you guys 
a list of where his offenses have ranked in rushing yards. Just not year by year, but these are some of the rankings that in 22 years as an offensive coordinator or head coach, Gary Kubiak offenses have ranked in rushing yards. If you're wondering the direction in which the Vikings are thinking, what do we need to surround Kirk Cousins with? And it's not more passing. Rank first in rushing yards. Second, 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 second. This is in the NFL. Third, fourth, fourth, fifth, fifth. He has a seventh, an eighth, an eighth, and a tenth. The worst ranking was a 30th in Houston in 2009. Otherwise, he has mostly top 10 rankings in rushing yards as an offensive coordinator or head coach. That's the direction the Vikings are leaning in, which is, okay, we can win a Super Bowl with Kirk Cousins, but it can't be because of Kirk Cousins carrying the workload going forward. Absolutely. And they also know now that, that and and Shermer did such a good job two years back now, a play calling that we began to take it for granted. But the Vikings also, they looked at what the workload that they put on Cousins in 2018. And I think they also looked at the fact that they hired a former quarterback's coach to run the offense, and Zimmer was going to sort of oversee that, and they realized, no, 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 big mistake. And the trend in this league now, too, if you look, McVay is doing this as well. He runs the Rams' offense. Wade Phillips runs the defense. And so the trend in this league is now to say, okay, we need a common message to come from one person. But beyond that, we basically have two guys coaching this team. And so I think it's a very smart idea, and it's not even a put-down to Zimmer, who's probably pleased about this, now to come to him and say, in 2019, you can completely concentrate on defense. We've got the the offense, and we're also going to manage Kirk Cousins in a smart way as opposed to put the workload that they did this past year on. But when you say one voice, and you're talking about the big picture, I'm talking the, about the, whole, raw, the whole football team. The raw, raw speech. But don't you think that also applies to each side of the football? And ju- like Mike Zimmer is the voice for the defensive side of the football. And for, for all we know, Stefanski, Kubiak, everybody on the offensive side is on the same page. But I always think it's a recipe for disaster. I'm going to double up on this pun. A recipe for disaster when you have too many cooks in the kitchen. And and I I think that you may have that. We don't know until we actually start to see what the product on the field is and how they work together. But that would be my concern, that you just hired an offensive coordinator four or five days ago, and then you hired an assistant head coach slash offensive assistant. Well, Judd, your response has to include at least two cooking references. Go. I warned him but about this be, before the show. It can't be the same ones. Most of my analogies are food-related. I'm always thinking about eating. I think that you might be right, okay? But the issue that the Vikings have now is this coming year is going to be all or nothing. You, they either have success or everybody's gone. And so so if this was a building type of program and and – the head coach and GM were sure to being here for the long term. I would say that might be an issue. I might like it, but it, it might be an issue. But I do think that we've gotten to a point now where if this team does not make the playoffs and possibly win a playoff game in 2019, everybody's potentially fired. And so this gamble, this potential chance is worth it because it's going to be an improvement, I believe, on what they tried with Filippo this year. He just put everyone on the hot seat there, too. Oh, they they are. They are. Sound the alarm. I mean, we had this conversation a couple weeks ago. I I do find it fairly absurd that Mike Zimmer is anywhere near a hot seat. If you go through the list of things that have have just fallen on his lap unexpectedly, Adrian Peterson suspended for his first year as head coach, Uh, Teddy Bridgewater's knee blows up, Sam Bradford's knee blows up, and just all the things that happened. Everson Griffin going away on mental illness leave, and that dude is like 15 games above 500 over his 
well, 12 or 15 games above 500. Whether or not he should be is one conversation, but I don't think there's any question as to whether or not he is because, if I'm not mistaken, he and Spielman have one year left on their contract, yeah. right? And have there been Correct. any discussions, to our knowledge, in the media that they've talked about extending those guys beyond this year? I haven't heard anything. Not yet, no. no. And no. you don't let guys no. go into the final year of their contract, neither as a coach or as a GM, without without assuming that they're somewhat on the hot seat. The the old lame duck label, I think, these guys take into this year. And I would take it one step further. Um, I've been really, I've been looking forward to this. Reckless speculation on my part. Do we have the sounder? Um, Do we have the sounder? <laughs> Reckless speculation. Phil Asking, you shall receive. Phil drives around with that thing in his car. <laughs> Please ask me for the Ric Flair sounder at some point. Can I get the Ric Flair sounder? (laughs) (laughs) Yesterday we were talking about whether or not Stefanski should be looking over his shoulder, getting an offensive coordinator job, and then Gary Kubiak hired four days later. This morning I was was reading the piece about Gary Kubiak uh, at the Star Tribune and and coming to, to the Minnesota Vikings. And this whole offensive staff from his son to Stefanski to the tight ends coach to the offensive line coach, they all have connections to Gary Kubiak. It's essentially his staff on the offensive side of the football. Yes. I'm reading that this morning and 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 thinking about what I just what I just stated that it's the last year of of Mike Zimmer's contract and a conspiracy theory popped into my head that maybe Gary Kubiak was told, hey, come here, be our offensive head coach essentially and if we get seven, eight games into the season and this thing isn't going the way we'd like it to go. You're hitting on all the bits right now. This is amazing. <laughs> Keep going. I, we're love, gonna, I love where you're going. We're going to audition you as the next head coach of the Minnesota Vikings because Gary Kubiak isn't coming back from a health scare to, and going back into coaching to be an offensive assistant. You go into that profession because you want to be a head coach. Everybody Look out. <laughs> Rami, Rami, uh, new to the show officially as of today, literally just walked into three segments in a segment right there. That was bravo, dude. That was bravo. what I bring to you the table. Yes. Speculation. Yeah. You had uh, Thank you. conspiracy Thank theory. You. Appreciate yeah. it. Yeah, you should be very proud of yourself Thanks. right now. Yeah, Thank that's. You. I mean, that's what's happening. Yeah, Kevin Stefanski, they like, they don't love. So... They're keeping their options open. The only the only question about this that goes deeper because Zim is not threatened by assistant coaches. He's had guys with, with tons of experience before. Sure. The only question here is is Zimmer more behind the Kubiak hiring to potentially distance himself from Spielman? Because I firmly believe if Cousins does not work, Spielman's gone. And so the question then becomes: Is Zimmer gone because he's associated with Rick? Because if you bring in a GM, it's not fair to saddle him with the coach. But if Mike tries to stick around and Rick is gone, there's a chance that Mike could look for power. And the other name in all of this to watch out for is Mike Zimmer, one of his closest friends out there, is Bill Parcells. Mm. And the Wolves love Bill Parcells beyond belief because they grew up Giants fans. Is he still in the mix for every job that comes up? Remember a few years ago, every time there was a head of football operations or head coaching job that was up, Bill Parcells' name was in the mix. But I can tell you right now, if Mike Zimmer went to the Wilfs and said very quietly, I think I could get Bill to be a consultant for us if Rick is gone, and and then I'm in charge, but I'm not totally in charge, Mm -hmm. the Wilfs would fall for it. Eat that up. Boy, this is... Rami, you are going to be such a good addition to this show. This is this is just amazing. It's it's Mackie and Judd with Rami. Score North on 1500, the all new Score North. And that Towns with the block on the other end. No one's blocked more shots this year in December than Carl Anthony Towns. Andrew Wiggins. And 
and one for Andrew, and it all started because of Cat. 27 rebounds means you're playing, really playing to win. And, and, and you're playing meaningful possessions where you understand that this was a win that we needed all right, against a team that we're going to be, you know, fighting for, uh, for playoff positioning. Um, so for Carl, Carl to say that and then come out and do it, um, that's a big testament to him. I don't think anything's a confrontation. I just think uh, whenever we talk, whether it be in the office and it's me and him or in front of everybody else, um, I'm going to speak my mind like he speaks his. And uh, I think everybody else does a, a great job of doing that too. I don't, I don't think any any part of it was conversational. I think it was just a player to coach talk, uh, coach to player talk. This happened to be uh, in front of everybody. I, I think we got away from it great, and um, we got better um, as a team. Uh, me and his relationship is growing every single day. The highlight courtesy of Fox Sports North and Tom Thibodeau and Jimmy Butler following that. This is Mackie and Judd with Rami. I'm Rami along hi, with hi, Rami. Phil Mackie and Judd Zolgat. How did you get in here? I'm the new guy on the show. <laughs> I the, like him. I'm the all new Score North on 1500. Check us out at scorenorth.com as well. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube all at Score North and uh, the the T Wolves. I, I got to stop saying T Wolves. Yeah, we don't me, say T Wolves about that. The Wolves. Yeah. They travel to Philly tonight to face uh, former Timberwolf and uh, and Jimmy Butler and and we all know how that ended, guys. It was ugly. It was not pretty the way that that divorce went down. But a lot of it was between Jimmy and and Tibbs and Tibbs is now gone. Is there still the the fire for this game that that there was leading up to it before Tom Thibodeau was fired because a lot of people had this circled on their calendar. From my end, from my end, absolutely not. And, oh, and, oh! And here's why I think hard disagree. And here's why I don't really care. If Jimmy went to Philadelphia and was a good soldier there, and Jimmy went and played hard and fit in, and Jimmy was doing everything right, I'd be like that sob that you. But. He's just Jimmy, which is he's dysfunctional. So he's gone to, and they, they've been successful, but the Sixers, he's done the same stuff. He melted down at the coach. He's melted down at teammates. So I'm just sort of over the whole thing because I think the guy just needs help, and I think he's got a problem. But it's not, if if he had been a disruption here and then went there and was not, then I'd be like, you know what, this is going to be fun. But he's just Jimmy. He's just dysfunctional. See, I I, I disagree because for two reasons. On behalf of myself and on behalf of the Timberwolves who are going to play in Philadelphia tonight. I'll start with, um, on behalf of myself, I'm not over it. I think that dude needs to be put in his place. I think he's a wonderful player. He's one of the most fun players to watch. I love how much he competes. He's everything you want in a player on the court, a little bit old school in the way he goes about ball hogging. He's kind of like that Dwayne Wade style. He's one of the only players like that in the NBA, but so a little bit antiquated, but, but he needs to be put in his place as a guy who thinks he's the best player in the NBA, but really he's somewhere between probably 20 and 25 at this point and leads quote unquote leads in air quotes as if he's Michael Jordan or Kobe Bryant. Um, so I, I, I hope just on behalf of Wolves fans everywhere that, the Timberwolves knock him on his ass tonight, and if he plays, I mean, do we know is he playing? He's injured all the time. Well, I, I don't have anything on that. I was just we did a Twitter poll on Score North Live with Matthew Collar earlier. It was, are you still mad at Butler, or did you get over it? We've got over a thousand votes on it right now. Fifty five percent got over it. Okay, so it's like 50, it's pretty yeah, much 50-50. 50-50, yeah. yeah. But think about this on behalf of the Timberwolves, real quick. Right. 
They already slayed one of the villains. Tom Thibodeau got fired. Okay, ding dong, the witch is dead. Mm-hmm. And Jimmy Butler, it's it's this positivity tour for the Timberwolves right now. I just pulled a quote up from Derek Rose, who was a Tibbs confidant and uh, Tibbs truther for all these years. And even <laughs> and even Derek Rose says Ryan Saunders has given us more freedom for the young guys to grow, for the older guys to have a voice. Ryan wants that input. He's going to call you to his room for meetings. He's very, very approachable. Let me just say that he's great. So the team is already revolting in the post-Tibbs world, and and they're on the record. I think if they were to also slay Jimmy Butler in whatever that looks like, not like literally kill him tonight, but if they were to slay Jimmy Butler, they would have slayed the two guys that wrecked the franchise over the past few months. I think within the organization, yeah, that's probably there. Because Jimmy Butler, I mean... On the surface, everybody's saying the right things. Carl Anthony Towns, Andrew Wiggins are talking about what a great teammate Jimmy Butler was whenever anybody asked him about it going into this game. But he embarrassed the organization. From top to bottom, he embarrassed the Timberwolves organization, capped off with that legendary practice now where he showed up late, took the third stringers, and ran the first stringers off the court and and dropping F-bombs on everybody in the organization along the way and then and then throwing his towel up in the air and walking out early. I mean, he embarrassed the Timberwolves organization top to bottom. So I think you're right about that, Phil. I think that within... Within the organization, yeah, they they feel like they need to slay that dragon and and get some sort of payback, some sort of revenge. But dare I say that the reason why 55% of fans don't have that hate for Jimmy Butler anymore is because there really isn't that good a reason to hate Jimmy Butler for his time here in Minnesota. I mean, yes, he's crazy, Judd. He's he's crazy. Yeah, he's a psycho, yeah. He needs help. Absolutely. But like Kanye West said, name one genius that ain't crazy. Jimmy Butler is a, a very good basketball player. I disagree with you that he's 25. I think he's 10 to 15 in the league right now and puts in the work to be a very good basketball player. He doesn't go about things great sometimes when he has an issue with dysfunction or when he has a problem with coaches or teammates, but Chicago was dysfunctional when he was there, and he was outspoken about it being dysfunctional. Could have gone about it in a better way, yes. Here in Minnesota, you guys, I've been listening for weeks, months now, since I started trying to get this job, <laughs> and you've been talking about how dysfunctional but the, Sixers the Timberwolves are. the Sixers aren't dysfunctional. A little bit. But the, common, little bit. The, the common it's, denominator is Jimmy Butler. But can we all agree that Jimmy Butler's not worth it? What's, what is that, it? That's where I I come from. He's not worth having on your the team. pain in the ass. Yes, I, he's not. He's not worth it. He is a very good basketball player. I think that you are exactly right, but I don't think he's worth it. And, and I think the reason why Wolves fans are are partially just done is because they ended up hating Jimmy, but they couldn't stand Tibbs too. And I think now they're they're just basically saying, rightfully so, both of them are gone. Good riddance. This team is still good or can be good. And and the people around the team now are likable. I think if Jimmy had been the only bad guy, tonight's different. Mm-hmm. But he's not. Tibbs was too. But I really came to I've come to the conclusion between Butler's dysfunction in Chicago here and now with the Sixers, no matter how good he, he might be, he's not a top five guy and he's simply not worth it. I can't answer the question of whether or not he's worth it because I haven't seen him in a functional situation yet. If he was the root of dysfunction in Chicago, if he was the root of dysfunction 
here in Minnesota. How about Philadelphia, Rami? I, they have their own problems in Philadelphia. Joel Embiid has been a guy who who stirs things up and and has caused some problems in that locker room. This is the organization who their GM allegedly had a burner account last year and was ripping his own players. But he's gone. Oh, okay, okay. So, that's that's actually a great point. But I still but think that he's gone. <laughs> so they got rid of him. Kind of I, I, don't, right there, but. I don't know if Jimmy Butler is <laughs> no, worth not, it. He's gone. We won't know if Jimmy Butler is worth it until he's in a functional situation and an actually uh, an actually operating NBA franchise. He hasn't been the root of dysfunction. He's added to it, but in Chicago it was Gar it was Gar Foreman and John Paxson and it started with them and trickled down. Here it starts with ownership and the front office and it trickles down and Tom Thibodeau contributed to that too. And then Jimmy Butler added to it. The one thing that I would disagree strongly with you is I believe that Jimmy Butler was the root of dysfunction here. I really do. I think he was the root. I think the starting point... I Glenn think, Taylor is the root well, of dysfunction here, though. But, but Glenn's an oblivious dummy at times. That, but Jimmy that's, Butler, that's dysfunctional. That's Jimmy, the dysfunctional I know, but, right. but Jimmy Butler was actively dysfunctionally a bad guy. Jimmy Butler did everything he could to sabotage this franchise. Well, let me okay. Here, here's my, here's my put a bow on it. Just point from all of this and is, fight me about that. <laughs> <laughs> that's a segment too. We'll get we'll get to that at some point. Um, the the Timberwolves. Wait a second. Where was I going with this? Jimmy Butler. <laughs> Hold on, I had a great point. I was I just man in his thirties is losing it, and I'm 49, and I can remember what I was going to say. He just launched oh a new station today. Give him a break. <laughs> Brain fried. Oh my god. So back to the no, twins. No, 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 no. Here's what it is. Here's what it is. Here's what it is. Okay. I think there are certain sports, and baseball is definitely one of them, where it doesn't. It's overrated when everyone loves each other. There's been teams, the 2002 San Francisco Giants. J- Jeff Kent and Barry Bonds hated each other, right. And got in a fight in the dugout. And Barry Bonds had his own recliner and didn't talk to any of his teammates and all this stuff. The NFL, you got 53 guys on a team. Half of them don't even know each other because you're, you're in offensive grouping meetings mm-hmm. over here. You're in defensive meetings. And I'm not saying the chemistry is irrelevant in those sports. I'm saying it's probably overrated. Basketball, not the case. It's a small room. There's only 12 to 15 guys. There's only 10 guys that play. And so if you can't get along with your teammates, if you don't enjoy being around your teammates, if you can't form that symbiotic relationship on the court and even off the court, it's a huge problem. And and my my last point on Jimmy Butler is he is terrible as a room guy so far in his career when it comes to being the cog and the glue to bring everyone together. He's divisive. He's more likely to split up a perfectly good situation and divide a perfectly good locker room than he is to bring a dysfunctional one together. And so whether it's the Wolves or the Bulls, or if your contention is right that the Sixers are still a little bit dysfunctional, if if those organizations were looking for a guy to bring everything together, oh, he's not that he guy. was the wrong guy no, and he, will continue to be the wrong yeah, guy. Yeah, he's not a glue guy. He's not a guy who's going to bring things together. I don't think so. But I don't know if Jimmy Butler's attitude works in a well-oiled machine when you talk about NBA organizations, because we haven't seen it yet. Nobody knows if Jimmy Butler's personality works or if it would destroy a perfectly good situation. It's the unknown because we haven't seen it. He's been in Chicago, which was dysfunctional. He was here in Minnesota, which was dysfunctional. Now he's in Philadelphia, where it's dysfunctional, and he's a guy who is very open, very honest, very transparent in pointing out when he sees problems, and he doesn't do it in the best way. Let's see him get into... I don't know if if he ended up in a in a in an organization like the Warriors or or the new team in the East, the, the Milwaukee Bucks. If he got into one of those locker rooms, 
I don't know if he would if he would necessarily tear it apart or if, or if he would get there and be like, yeah, this this works. They're doing things right here. Everybody's putting in the work that they need to put in. The system works. I'm happy, and, and you're not going to hear anything from Jimmy. As a person, Jimmy Butler is only happy when, when he's mad. He's, he's happy when he's unhappy, when he perceives he needs something wrong. He's one of those pe- people, you can tell. And that's why, because in Chicago... He was happiest as a young player trying to make it under Tibbs' dysfunction mm-hmm. because that drove him, right? But then Tibbs left and Fred came in, and Fred was certainly not perfect, but he bristled about that. So they brought him here, and you thought to yourself, this is going to work perfect. He's with, he's back with Tibbs. He's going to be the conduit between Cat uh, and Andrew and Tom, and it's going to be fantastic. And he spent a year here, and he found something to be ticked off about. He's gone to uh, the Sixers now, and he's basically done the same thing in a shorter period of time, which is why ultimately he will be the perfect Nick. Let me ask you guys this. Okay? Yeah, well. He'll be a great Nick. That's going to happen for sure. It's going to be so much fun. Yeah, he, and, and good luck with Porzingis. And, the New York Post is going to love Jimmy Butler. What do you guys think Ryan Saunders has to do to get this job full-time long-term? Because I, I would, when, when the move was made, my first thought was he'll be a head coach at some point. Probably not ready right now, but now you start to see the response from players and the response from all the stakeholders, fans, and just if it, it, like what Jim Peterson said on on Raised by Wolves and our show last week. And teams in professional sports are so open now to the whiz kid, right? The Brewers hired what Stearns was like twenty nine when they made him the GM, thirty, right? I believe, thirty. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Sean McVay, thirty one, and now you've got. Guys in their mid to low 30s who are getting big, high-profile coaching and executive jobs. And making me feel bad about myself. Right? Yeah, like, all absolutely. of us should feel terrible. That, right. Like, Stearns was a GM of a baseball team when he was 30. What was I doing with my 20s? And why wasn't I a GM by the time I was 30? So it's not outlandish. It's, yeah. I feel fantastic about myself. I don't know what's wrong with you guys. Jenny Craig. Yeah, plenty of guys. Yeah. Here. I'm losing weight. And I spent the age of 20 to 29 basically in bars. I had a great time. <laughs> Judson Liffley's 100 years old, just drinking coffee, beer, and Diet Coke, yeah. and binge dieting once in a while. <laughs> Don't need to run a team. <laughs> but it's it's not outlandish to say, even though he would be the youngest full-time head NBA coach in like four or five decades, based on the current climate and the ages of guys who are getting hired, it's not that outlandish. And the name Saunders, Timberwolves, Glenn Taylor. So what does he have to do in your minds here to... To make it official. I think what he's doing now is perfect. I, I think that all he can do is be himself. And and at this point, that's exactly what he's doing. And he's, he's a little bit jittery about stuff, but you know what? He's 32. He's a kid. That's fine. I think he's the perfect replacement for Tibbs, who you know made people bristle, made people miserable from the top to the players, executives, to the fan base. Um, all of that being said, the one thing that's impossible to quantify in the, in the unknown, because what Glenn should do is bring in a GM to run basketball ops, and that person, if, if Ryan's that guy's guy, then that's great. But I don't think Glenn can tell the new GM, keep this guy for sure. So I don't know if Ryan can do something to keep the job, but I think the way that he's approaching things now gives him a, a good chance, because it's very, very clear he's not trying to be somebody he's not. I wouldn't I wouldn't I wouldn't think that his age or lack of experience is a is a disqualifier for him. I think he should get a real sh- a real chance at this job and and earning this job over the remainder of the season. We just passed the halfway point. I wouldn't necessarily measure it with wins and losses though. If I'm if I'm the Timberwolves or I'm a Timberwolves fan, I'm not necessarily I don't care about wins and losses at this point. Right now it's about getting Carl Anthony Towns and Andrew Wiggins 
performing at peak levels or whatever the peak is for them at this point in their career and continue to see the arrow point up with those guys and then finding out who around them can be good enough to play with those guys as this team hopefully moves into eventually contention in the Western Conference and and for an NBA championship. I wouldn't put it on wins and losses. I would put it on what he's getting out of Wiggins, what he's getting out of Towns, and and is he finding the right pieces around those guys to win here in the near future. And so far, so good. And and I don't want to discount what it takes to be a head coach in any professional sport, but I think more than ever, and not just in basketball around professional sports now, because of the introduction of of analytics and, and, and everything that goes with that in terms of implementing a game plan or a system, it's more now about what Judd is talking about, which is being a leader of men and, and having guys all facing in the same direction with a common goal. I think that's more than ever what it is to be a professional coach. And these guys seem to react to Ryan Saunders and, and want to follow him and root for him and want to see him succeed and get this job. And the one thing I absolutely love that, that I've seen in the past couple of days about this is, is when he talked about the fact that he is giving out negative points for long twos in practice, because that tells you that he is, he's Flip's son, but he's not copying Flip because before Tibbs, if, if you recall, Phil, on this show, we talked about all the time, to- all the time about the long twos that the Wolves took under Flip. So he's got his own ideas. But he is Flip in that when Flip when Flip was in his heyday as a coach, both in the CBA and then in the 90s and early 2000s in the NBA, three-pointers weren't it wasn't it, the Suns came along in like 2004 and 5 and and really played the analytical three-point game. So if, based on what the NBA knew at the time and based on the way offenses were run, Flip's offenses were innovative and high scoring oh, sure. and mm-hmm. led to open shots. And I think if Flip had been a coach now in his prime, yeah. he probably would have evolved that thinking and that system to be more three point centric, which is what Ryan's doing. I just I love the fact that Ryan comes here with ideas. Like it's not like oh my god, I got this team. What should I do? Yeah, he's got ideas. Um, but yeah, you're you're right. This does not come down to me to wins and losses. This comes down to me about something that hasn't been done in that franchise in two years now, and that's empowering people. It's empowering your best players and your coaching staff. Uh, we've we've got like 50 responses right now on the question posed last hour on the Score North Twitter account. What are some things about Minnesota sports and Minnesota in general that Rami Maklov needs to know as a newcomer here to 1500 and Score North and the Mackie and Judd Show? You can follow Rami, by the way, at Rami is tweeting, R-A-M-I-E is tweeting. If you want to uh, make fun of him just directly, you can just you can just right. add yeah. him directly. Yeah, there is an E at the end. Just be very diligent about that. Because the there's way. another Robbie Backloff out yeah. there. We no, should tell that story at some point. No E on the end of his name. Can we tell that story this week? <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. <laughs> I, Googled, tell that I Googled him by accident today. <laughs> Jonathan, have you heard that story? You. Yeah, yeah. We told we talked about it on uh, in the dinner that we all had that one. Okay, day. that's right. Yeah. That's right. We'll tell it's that. It's a great story. It's fantastic. I'm homeless. Long story short, I'm homeless right now. Because the other Rami is not. No, I was not say, at all. The reason why is what's so interesting. <laughs> all right, here are some things that, that according to uh, you guys in the at replies, that Rami should know about Minnesota and Minnesota sport. I'm just going to go through some of these. Some of them might be duds. Some of them might be funny. Michael says, Vikings fans realizing we can never trust a kicker. Doesn't matter if he made every GD field goal the whole season. I know that pain. Yeah, bears. Uh, Justin says nobody is going to ask a disgruntled star to stay if you don't. Well, that's from a different conversation. 
never socialized from Charles with a North Dakota hockey fan, even though it's not exactly Minnesota related. It's still true. Yeah, I read that one. What's, what's that all about? North Dakota hockey fans? Are they Just hard to deal like, with? In, insufferable comes to mind. Yeah, it's a long story. I mean, there's like 12 people in the whole state of North Dakota. How many How many North Dakota hockey fans could there be? Oh, they're all, all 12 of them. <laughs> Go fighting Hawks. <laughs> Uh, and then, and then Lindsey Brown from uh, Judd's Hockey Show says, "Dress warm, take the under, and keep your hands and emotions inside the ride at all times." That's good advice. <laughs> I'll, I'll take that advice. All right, we're gonna wrap with Roycey when we come back here, and it, we might just let Ronnie here. <laughs> Is that Ronnie now? That's yeah. what Pat that's, called you. That's yeah. my new name. Just take the whole. I'm thing. not gonna correct him. The man's a legend. There's no sense in doing it anyway. <laughs> But uh, let's get in a quick word for Luther Brookdale Toyota, 694 in Brooklyn Boulevard. Some really cool news from my friends at Luther Brookdale Toyota. Now through the end of February, so you got about a month and a half here. Now through the end of February, if you have any service done, you'll be eligible to receive up to $1,000 off that service courtesy of Toyota. So if you've been putting off expensive service, well, bring your vehicle in now through the end of February, and you can have up to $1,000 off your service bill paid by Toyota. So you got to get the service done anyways. You might as well bring it in and have a chance to get up to $1,000 off. Some restrictions apply. If you have any questions, contact my guys in the service department at Luther Brookdale Toyota. Stop in today. Open late at night. Uh, Steve and the crew are going to have you back on the road. Whatever's wrong with your vehicle, I assure you, my car was flooded one time. And uh, and so I, I don't know. It's a story for another time. But like they've fixed things that I do to my cars because I'm an idiot. Corner of 694 in Brooklyn Boulevard and LutherBrookdaleToyota.com. All right, Mackie and Judd with Rami on the all-new Score North on 1500. ScoreNorth.com. That's S-K-O-R. You can spell it the other way. It does redirect. We did, we did think that far ahead, at least. And uh, at Score North on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook. Now, Patrick Royce, if you are still doing the baby walk with Joe Suchere on uh, Super Sports Talk Saturday at the fair and a baby named Score North came across... <laughs> I gotta say, I like the logo. I like the I like the looks of the logo. That's pretty good. I, I, uh, you know, I, uh, I'm just glad you didn't put the e in there. Uh, we've talked about that because if you look at the Urban Dictionary, it's kind of controversial. So uh, I think it's a good idea not to have the e in there. Yeah, that's. I yeah, you're probably right about that. <laughs> Bunch of people googling that. Right oh now. yeah, yeah. Don't oh, do it. It's work, like the maybe. Evan Fournier yeah. guy that plays for the Magic, and his nickname is <laughs> well, Never that, Google. Oh, you know that you know I've gotten caught like fifteen times in the last ten years using a phrase that I didn't know that it meant you know like uh, you know, <laughs> molesting people or you know gray you know I I didn't uh, I'm not up on my Urban Dictionary that's one of my problems you know I, I'm not really sure that I did you know. You use a term, and then it turns out that uh, everybody's laughing, and you don't know why. It's kind of sad. Yeah. Well, people, what's going pe- on back there? What, any any sports news to kill the day beyond uh, Gary Kubiak? Uh, you know, them trying another uh, father son tandem. Is there anything beyond that? Wolves versus Jimmy Butler tonight is about the most excitement oh, we've right. got. Yeah, that's right. I wonder if that's on TV down here. I wonder what's it. I gotta find that. I might have to go to some sports bar and see if they got that one going Stevie on. Stevie Tomatoes. Stevie Tomatoes has all the uh, league packages for you, Pat. By the way, the Italian place uh, next to Stevie Tomatoes is now a raw bar. Rusty's raw bar. So a raw you bar. Keep track. 
Yeah, it's a raw bar. It's not, you know, uh, oysters and stuff like that. I don't know oh. what a raw bar is. Oh, another... oysters. Okay. Oh, I thought it was another Urban okay. Dictionary. Yeah, <laughs> <Yeah, so. laughs> <laughs> yeah Pat, you, hey, are, you, are you just assuming? How you doing, Robbie? Good. How are you, Patrick? I'm good. I'm good. That's, uh, good to talk to you that's... again, sir. <laughs> yes. Yes, sir. That was... Uh... You know that was that was an introduction that I probably should have been a little kinder with you. No, <laughs> no that's that's exact. That was perfect. That's exactly what I want. I was going to say, are you <laughs> kidding, Patrick? Royce, <laughs> that, introduction. That, that, was, that was exactly what I was I looking just, for. Uh, I just seen a Wetmore uh, essay on the uh, move that you guys can post if you want to, but Wetmore's in Arizona. Somebody told me. No, he's checking email. They have. He's got internet okay. out there. Yeah. All right. Okay. Well, you want us to post it on? Can we post it on scorenorth.com? Yeah, that's what I send it to you. For. Okay, I send it to you guys. I I think it's great. Let's go. Let's see what happens. And uh, and people should know too because I know there's a lot of questions about. Okay, what about Pat? What about contributors? And so you're already doing Roycey Unchained with Judd every single Monday. And what's going to happen is you guys are going to keep doing that podcast, but people can hear it live on AM 1500 in the six o'clock hour after our show is over on Monday. So. You'll you'll be on the radio even though it won't be live necessarily. Uh, the wonder of technology. You'll yes, be sir. in Florida, and uh, you'll be heard from six to seven o'clock every Monday with Royce Unchained, and we'll just bleep the I stuff think, that's, that needs to be changed. A, I think I got a future as a full timer down here in the fort. Though there was some guys on from two o'clock to five o'clock today, and I was in the car for a while. Yeah. Damn, do they suck! <laughs> <laughs> God Almighty! Come on! Little, don't tell me something I've heard seven hundred times. Come on, give me a little new something here. It's uh, man alive. There's just too much, uh, too much of that. How'd uh, so? Uh, we we turned Collar loose for two hours today or four? Yeah, how'd that go, Jonathan? It was awesome. It was fun. We had uh, Daniela Robinson on from the Lynx, and that was fun. Matthew Collar admitted that he was outside shooting hoops last week. So, you know, wow, because there's no snow on the weird. ground. Yeah. What are we going to do with Whalen, by the way? My God. She's on the hot seat. What are you talking oh. about? She's she's on a four in a row? Yeah. Even you can see, you know, she's being covered by our friend Youngblood, Big Happy. and uh, It's killing him, man. He's, he was ready to celebrate the uh, winner of Whalen, and uh, they're horrible. They can't score any points. Yeah, they were ran, weren't they ranked like 11th in the country three well, weeks ago? They were ago? still ranked 23rd after losing three straight, which was absurd. That just shows you that people who vote on women's basketball don't actually. They put Kentucky, they put UConn, Notre Dame, and Baylor one, two, three, and then they uh, don't worry about anybody else because this this isn't a good team. But I didn't know they were going to be this rotten. They can't score any points in the second half. Who's here's the problem? If let's say it's too early now, let's say in like two or three years. It's just not really working, and I think it's going to work. I do with her, uh-huh. but yes. who's going to rip her? Who's going <laughs> to? Is it going to be you? It'll be said. It'll be said. So, it almost has I'll to be, be you. Hopefully, I'll be done by then. That I won't have to. I won't have to be the guy to do it. You but, know what? Uh, you know what, Patrick? <laughs> I think she should tank. Go ahead and tank. Everyone else should yeah, tank. Right. Let's have go right. for women's get basketball it. tank too. Better, what type of draft pick can they get? Choice. Hey, your wild got four goals last night. What are you complaining about? Because uh, they're getting shut out, they got four goals. The issue when, when you always say it's one of eighty-two, now one of sixteen. Who cares? <laughs> the issue with the wild is when they lose a game like they did Saturday to Detroit. It always starts a spurt of being god awful for about ten games. But here's the joke: 
Dubnik being an all-star, give me a break. Oh, I know. It's, uh, yeah, it's a joke. Uh-huh? Yes, you're right. Because, because what? They figured they had to take a member. Do they have to take a guy from each team? Of course they do, because they're another stupid league. <laughs> yes, they have to. And okay. and the thing about this is poor Boots doesn't d- deserve this. Staylock is finally going to start tonight. Thank God they finally realized that Dubnik can't play. I, I think he wants to play every game, and they, for the most part, allow him to. They're finally going to start Staylock tonight. Uh, well, you know, uh, just uh, goalies can't be trusted, Judd. That's the problem. They can't be trusted. There's, what, two in the history of the world, Dryden and Brodier, that could be uh, trusted. The rest of them are good one year and stick the next. So. Yeah, you're right. You're hey, right. I got to ask Wes Mackey a question. Fire away. <laughs> it was bad enough having one Packer fan in the room with you, right? Judd, you know, he's a big Packer fan from covering him over there. Bum, now you got uh, two. Actually, yes, actually, no. Actually, Pat. I'm originally I'm I'm from Chicago. I've just been working in Milwaukee oh. for the last twelve, thirteen years. So I'm a Bears fan. It's it's not quite as bad. Well, you should have learned the art of agitation if you had, had those Packer fans. Boy, that would be the easiest job in sports talk radio. <laughs> poking Packer fans. I mean, that's 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 like poking Alabama fans. I wasn't tied. I wasn't in a position to poke, Pat. We, we, the Bears were so bad for most of my tenure there, and they had Aaron Rodgers and that well-oiled machine that it was until two years ago. I wasn't in any position to poke anybody. I took most of the poking when it came to football in my time in Milwaukee. How about Matt Nagy? Nagy's response to his kicker sneaking off to do a national TV show without telling anybody. He's gone. Are you looking for a kicker for next year? Cody Parkey's going to be available. Yeah, so he so he went on what he went on the uh, like the sympathy tour on the Today, Today show, show or something, and then and yeah. then and then Nagy yeah, got mad at him. They didn't tell the Bears. He didn't tell him. He didn't tell Nagy or anybody he was doing. <laughs> he just showed up, and uh, you know, kind of uh, does it. You know, the, the almost the humorous uh, look at uh, the heartbreak of missing that field goal, and I don't think Coach Nagy thought it was too funny from seeing the quotes. Hey, Pat, I, I think that might be, in all of sports, all positions, I think that might be the position that coaches hate the absolute most. Goaltenders, oh, yeah. I think, are close, but I think kickers. This little twerp comes out and has to kick a ball in a game that's decided by huge men. I think that kickers probably are hated the most by coaches. You remember the Van Brocklin quote when Garrel Upremian made six field goals to beat the Vikings, don't you? What can you do about these soccer-style kickers? And Van Brocklin said, tighten the immigration law. <laughs> <laughs> That's a guy that would have voted for Trump. <laughs> oh, yes. This was in 1966. So that was a long time ago. Yeah, yeah, build the wall. Today, we said build a wall. Today, we said build a wall. No kickers wow. are getting over that wall. <laughs> That's right. Wow. Oh, my God. Wow. Yeah, he was... Uh, yeah, that was yeah. He, premium was he wasn't the first. He wasn't actually the first. He was the uh, he was the second. Oh. He, he kicked six against the uh, six or seven against the Vikings one day. Yeah, Man. well, that was a that was a good quote. So uh, go get him scoring off. Now what's SKOR stand? Do we know? Does it stand for anything? Uh, well, we can make it stand for something, but oh. it is a it's a little Nordic twist on a traditionally common sportsy word, I guess you could say. Okay, all right, good, good enough. Uh, I said, what did you say, Jim? Smoking, kick ass, yes. outrageous, rapping. Yes, oh, I think that's exactly what you called it. 
That's pretty okay. close. That's pretty close. He yeah. worked that, hard. That came up. up that came up in the room with executives. That exact uh, acronym. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A bunch of suits. Yeah. Kick ass. Pat, okay. Pat, we got to. We have like ten seconds. We got to run, but uh, we'll see you tomorrow. Hey, you're doing a fine job there, Robbie. Go get him. <laughs> Thank you, sir. <laughs> see you, Pat. <laughs> Every day it's going to be a new name. Had three names now. Hey, Ricky. Keep, <laughs> I sort of like Rocky. shooting your shot. Just call me Ricky Bobby. <laughs> oh, man. It's Mackie and Jeb with Rami. And thank you all for hanging out with us Thanks. on day yeah, one of Score North on 1500. You can also find all kinds of on-demand content on scorenorth.com. And you can even find a Wolves watch-along later tonight on Score North social media at Score North. See you guys tomorrow.